Montana, New York, your host here at Cambridge House, and I'm joined today by the one and only David Morgan. David, thank you for being here. Montana, thanks for inviting me. Anytime. Inflation, war, gas prices, crypto, what is catching your eye on the market right now? Well, all of those. I mean, it's volatility and uncertainty. You know, it's whatever market you want to look at. Be it the energy sector, focusing on oil, looking at the food situation across the board, if it's not only the fertilizers needed, the transportation, supply chain, planting season, the weather. I mean, everything seems to be in a uncertain format right now. Not that there's any certainty in life, but it's across the board. And it's got a lot of people nervous and markets hate uncertainty. And during those times, there's usually specific cautionary investments that are made, generally speaking, by, by investors worldwide. You know, what I just said, obviously, is a backdrop for something I've been a specialist in for a very long time, and that's primarily gold and silver. But we at the Morgan Report have looked at the resource sector, you know, from the get-go. And that means all the minerals. You know, we have looked at oil, actually wrote an energy letter for about a year. It wasn't that successful, although it was early. All, I think every pick except one in that report was about three years ago. It's like sky high now. But anyway, so same story, really, Montana, looking at keeping it simple. So you don't need, you know, I, uh, so I'll give you a backdrop for, you know, maybe my education and investing and sure. try not to be too wordy, but... <laughs> I got very enamored with money at an early age, almost obsessed, you might say. I learned about honest money at an early age, started down that track. Then I started, uh, found out about the newsletter industry, and I went way overboard on that. I bought every newsletter that was available practically, and I studied most of these guys. A lot of them were not really that worthwhile. And as I matured into my 20s, I thought, well, I could just really get rich quick. All I need to do is buy the right cheap gold mining stock. Mm-hmm. And I found out that's a good way to go broke. Not that there aren't some juniors that have done fabulously well, but you really have to be careful. So I learned all that. And then I started getting even more serious. And I went to uh, one of the best courses I ever took. And I've taken many, many courses on technical analysis, timing markets, options, trading, uh, all kinds of courses. And I continue to. And one I took from... Uh, Investors Business Daily, when the, just after it was founded by William J. O'Neill, who actually taught the course at that time, said a lot of things that stuck with me from that day. And I bought his books. I think I've read most of them, if not all of them. How to Make Money in Stocks, I think is his first book. It's still something every investor should read. And he said, if you can't buy six stocks and make money, you don't know what you're doing. So that got me away from I had to own you know, 100 juniors to you know, get that one that made the moonshine. If you had 100 juniors and you put 100 bucks in each one of them, you got a lot of money on the table. And if one goes up 100 fold and all the rest go to zero, you've broken even. So you know, that's not a good strategy. So anyway, he talked about a lot of stuff about fundamentals and a lot about technical analysis. And I absorbed most of it. And that's kind of what I teach at the Morgan Report is what I've learned from him. And of course, my own experience. So I like keeping it real simple. I think you're better off in multiple jurisdictions. So that's why I take on a company that's like guaranteed to make money in gold. That would be like a Franco Nevada. Why? Because they're basically a financing company. And the contracts that they write cover many jurisdictions and have all kinds of padding for uh, the 
inevitability that something could go wrong or take longer than expected or whatever. So it gives you one stock that really gives you a lot of upside with a lot of protection downside because it's so well diversified geographically and uh, you know, different projects in different locations. They also have an energy component. I'm not real happy with everything they've picked, but again, from the bigger perspective, it's, a, it's an added bonus, especially during this time. So, you know, I would like to suggest for new investors to stay calm and take a longer term perspective. Uh, I wrote a, I did a lecture on uh, Montana, I forget how long ago, I'm going to say a year and a half ago. Okay. And it was all about uh, investing versus speculating. And speculating is when you buy that penny stock that somebody tipped you off downtown Vancouver at Starbucks. <laughs> and you say, okay. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's human nature. <laughs> but you don't want to bet the farm on it, right? Right. You might take the tip. You might bet 100. You might bet 200, depending on what your situation is. But you sure. really don't want to call it. But the ones you want are the ones that really are stable. And I'll give you a quick story. Uh, so I had a, a friend that worked for me in Vancouver. He came from Wall Street, introduced himself, asked to work for me. I put him on a um, trial basis, did a great job, hired him. And then he left Wall Street and moved out to Vancouver, BC. And he got to rub elbows with all the junior miners out there. So his wife, who's amazing in my view, because she's so smart, I love smart people, but he put her money into the Morgan Report. So conservative, top-tier companies like I just outlined one. And he played every junior at every hot tip at every Starbucks and every you know, office there that's in Vancouver. It's still the inside track. You got to talk to these guys, rub elbows with them, hear the whispers, all that stuff. So after two years, her portfolio is up substantially and making money. So I'm not trying to put down the junior industry. I do them. I still do them. Uh, look, we wouldn't have a mining industry without Vancouver. It, yeah. We wouldn't have a mining industry without the junior junior miners. And I'm well aware of that. And it is a long shot. Uh, because I made, I made mistakes. I mean, I can't blame any company. I have to look at the way what you know my approach was. And it wasn't a very sound approach. So before you go off thinking, you know, these junior miners can do a Bitcoin, and they can put your main money in an investment and then you could speculate with the rest. The younger you are, the more you could afford to speculate. But you get to a certain point. Now, what I like to do, of course, I've been at this thing for 50 years, so I'm fairly good at it. Not that I can't learn more, I do. But my big solid holdings, like Franco as an example, you know, bought that at 19, just made a new high yesterday. I'm not sure what it is, 160 or something. Oh, wow. So that's what, uh, 20 times 8, 800%. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when it gets volatile like it is now, you can write what's called a call option on your stock. And I like to call it renting your stock. So for every 100 shares that you have, you can write a call option for maybe in that kind of a stock, maybe for $8. So that's 800 bucks in your pocket for renting your stock for a month or two. And if you know what you're doing, and I do this for our paid members, don't do it that often, but I do it. You're making like 17, 18, 20% a year just by renting your stock a couple of times a year. Now, what's the worst that can happen? Well, you set a, you know, when you do it right, you set a price uh, that you're happy to take, plus the premium you get initially. 
So you've made money. That's not a bad thing. But you got called out because the stock actually made more money for the person that bought the call than it did for you. That happens very rarely, but it happens. And so then what do you do? Well, you just buy the stock back on a company like that because it's a solid thing that keeps going up. And so you paid a little higher. So it's like, you know, moving your business, brick and mortar business down to a different street and the rent's higher. It's the same business. Yeah, you have to pay uh, X per square foot. And now you have to pay X plus 25 cents a square foot. It's the cost of doing business. So that's one thing we teach. Deploying capital right now, uh, I'm saving it for the most part. I like the energy sector. I think there's some good speculations there because of what's happening in Russia. If you're really bold, you can look at some of the majors in Russia, check with your broker, make sure there's a two-way market. If there's a two-way market, that if you buy you know, one of the majors in uh, Russia, can you sell it? You want to make sure there's a two-way market. If the broker says yes, speculative money, but boy, these things are juicy as far as what the PE ratios are and what the dividends potentially could be. And then there's a lot there, but again, speculate means money can afford to risk. My current portfolio is pretty uh, basic. My top tiers are uh, Franco, Wheat and Precious Metals, Pan American, Agnico, that's most of them. I like MAG in our, our mid-tiers. Uh, MAG has got a lot of upside. It's volatile like most silver stocks. And then I do speculate, one that I've given out many times for free. has been a disappointment stock price-wise, but not uh, potential-wise, or at least that's my belief. But I'm prejudiced. I own it. I own a lot of it, probably more than I should. And that's called EnviroMetal, uh, E-N-V-I-R-O-M-E-T-A-L, formerly known as EnviroLeach. It's a uh, patented uh, formula that uh, leaches out metals, almost all metals. We keep improving the chemistry, so it precipitates out you know, gold and silver and lead. And maybe off on that, gold, silver, tin. There's a list I don't have in front of me, Montana, but I think it's like 10 metals. So if you put a printed circuit board ground up through our process, uh, you just capture money at the other end. I mean, it's just precipitating out these metals, and it's pretty impressive. It's in a pilot plant stage. I've been there many times, uh, David Smith, that works with me. And um, it is a speculation, but it's fascinating. So I guess my tips to share with the audience is what I said. Uh, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't have spent as much money on the juniors as I did. I'd speculate, <laughs> not invest, because it's not investing. <laughs> know the difference now and i just think you know it's important to say especially you know speaking to myself you know as an old man talking to my younger self it's like you know and i've said this many times money's important right but money isn't everything there's a lot to be had and one thing about money of all the people i've met across the world and many so many wonderful people and exciting times and great memories but there's a particular individual no longer living. He's deceased. Uh, I'll go by his first name, Ted. Some of my members will know who I'm talking about. And Ted did very well, very well. But he never boasted, and he really enjoyed his money. Ted, to me, was the commensurate investor. He made a lot of money, but he enjoyed his money. And didn't flaunt it, and wasn't, you know, it just, it's hard to describe, but you know, to me, it's like he knew what it was all about. You know, I had a balanced perspective. 
And his balanced perspective was uh, friends. Friends meant a lot to him. And he was very generous as well. So I just always admired kind of his take on life, that he was successful. He made some, he did some boo-boos. I mean, he had a gold mine in Alaska and he kept pouring money into it, more money into it, more money into it. It totally failed. So it wasn't like, you know, he was the commensurate investor and everything he touched turned to gold. No, it's not the case. Most of us that are in the investing world make mistakes, continue to make some. Hopefully they're a lot less and a lot less expensive than they were at one point in our lives. But uh, nonetheless, if you do it correctly, which isn't all that hard, it's pretty common sense, you could come out ahead. So may have generated some questions. I've done all the talking, but you've been very quiet <laughs> and patient with me. So have I sparked any ideas? Well, yes. Thank you so much. We can all aspire to be a little like Ted, I think. <laughs> Sounds like a classy character. And uh, David, if they wanted to find the David Morgan Report, where would they do that? Yeah, it's uh, the main website is themorganreport.com. And I do, do publish a free e-letter that uh, we send out stuff usually three or four times a week. Sure. I do a weekly podcast by myself. It's usually 15 minutes as a wrap up. I must always include the gold and silver market and then other financial news. So it's a really quick way to catch up if you're limited for time on what I see as the high points of the financial markets. And then other interviews like this that are public uh, domain, I send out on, on that. It's a good thing to be on the mailing list for one reason. There's several reasons, but the one main reason is censorship. Uh, I have had a few pings on the uh, more known social media platforms. And I do have an Odyssey channel and a few others that are just posted there kind of as a backup. So if you're on a mailing list, and let's say one of the main social media channels decides to ban me, if you're on the mailing list, I'll quickly send out an email and tell you where else you can follow our information. So that's a good reason. Great. Thank you so much, David. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow this podcast wherever you're listening to be notified every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday of new episodes. Also, feel free to leave a rating and a review if you're enjoying the show. Keep up with me and Cambridge House between episodes at the Montana York on Twitter and cambridgehouse.com. See you next time.